0: I said, Father, I love you. God, I thank you for everything that you're doing. I thank you for this amazing praise report and what you did for Zach, Lord, and what uh, miracles, praise reports, testimonies we're going to hear, God, from, from those who have come forward today, God, from others and, and the things, whatever all this is that you're up to, Lord, in our lives, our personal lives. God, for your church, Lord, the vision and the direction for your church. God, for all that. I just pray, God, that you, um, that, that you let today begin to lay a foundation, God, for uh, everything that we're going to be doing in 2013, God, that, uh, that, that God, we, we begin to see things in a different way, move in a different way, receive in a different way, accept things, and, and even be challenged and choose things in a different way. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Acts 29, 11. Can anybody stand up and quote it for us? Did anybody look it up this week? <laughs> I'm glad I got a couple of you. <laughs> at least two that are honest, and maybe some others that looked it up and, you're too, and you don't want to admit that you looked it up. Well, what's unique about Acts twenty nine eleven? 11? What's different about it? It's not there. Why is it not there? there? There's not a 29th chapter? It ended at 28, right? I mean, it's not there yet. And so that's why we, we, we can look at it that way, but let me give you another way to look at it. The same thing, but a little bit of a different way to look at it. Is... Does Acts end at chapter 28? Or maybe 29 just hasn't been written yet. Because I know we call it the Acts of the Apostles, but someone said it really should be titled the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles. And because really what it is, it's the story of the church. The church was birthed in the book of Acts. And we see the church beginning to grow and we see all the work that the church is doing. And so it doesn't end at chapter 28. You and I are living in the Acts. Some people talk about dispensations you know, uh, and I don't get into it. Some people go way overboard with those, so I don't, talk, I don't use that word a whole lot because some people go w- way overboard with that. But I mean, if you talk about dispensations, we don't live in a different dispensation than the Acts church did. We're, we're, it's the same thing. There's not a new dispensation. I mean, we hadn't opened up. I mean, even though there is a, a the distinct direction and, and vision for Church 2911, it's not a different dispensation. Things aren't different. We're still living in that Acts period. And so, and I've heard other people say it too. Is that we're in a way writing chapter twenty-nine right now? Have been ever since ever since Acts twenty-eight was finished. The the church all these years has been writing chapter twenty-nine. We've been living in chapter twenty-nine. So then let's go ahead and claim verse eleven for ourselves, right? So we can be we can be writing Acts twenty-nine eleven. So let's go ahead and claim that for us. But if we're going to do that, then we if we're going to write it because we're not writing today with pen and paper, or on your iPad. We're writing with our lives. We write it by living it. So if we're going to, if we're going to write it, if we're going to live Acts 29, 11, if we're going to write this and this be our testimony, then the first thing we got to do is we've got to understand chapters one through twenty-eight. Because what we're doing is a continuation of that. So we have to understand those first twenty-eight chapters if we're going to be chapter twenty-nine. If we're going to live in that, if we're, going to, if we're going to continue on what has happened. So let's begin where it begins. And it actually even begins before the book of Acts. And so we're going to go back to John and see that it begins with a promise. Now these are the words of Christ. After he was dead, buried, and resurrected, this is what it says. On the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, uh, Jesus died you know, he had been, his body was missing as far as the Jews were concerned. and The Roman soldiers, they said, ah, his disciples must have stolen his body. So the disciples, they were behind locked doors. They were worried, hey, you know, somebody's going to be after to get us in a little bit. You know, so they were behind locked doors. And it said, uh, Jesus came and stood among them. I like that because it, it, it tells us that, hey, they were behind locked doors, and Jesus just appears in the room. Okay, a little bit of power happening here, a little bit of something going on. And he said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands inside. Here's my hands. Here's where the, remember the nails just a few days ago, guys? Here's the nail, Here's the nail ha- uh, holes. You know, remember when they stuck the, the, the uh, spear in my side? Here's the hole here. And so when they saw this and realized, oh wait, this is the Lord, they were overjoyed. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive you the Holy Spirit. Receive you the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them. And he spoke. And this is more than a prayer. You know what a prayer is? Prayer is kind of like trying to talk God into something, pleading your case and say, God, you know, and, and please, and help. And all. that's not what He didn't say, Oh, I hope you receive. No, he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. It was a promise. It was a challenge. It was like he said, This is going to happen. I am, it is this is prophecy. Receive ye the Holy Spirit. And then in Acts chapter 1, in the book of Acts, Uh, Luke writes the book of Acts and he begins in chapter 1 kind of in that same time period Jesus has not yet ascended back to the Father he was dead, buried, resurrected and for 40 days he kind of wandered around the face of the earth just coming and going where he wanted to when he pleased you know here meeting people and everything and right before he is he goes back to the Father he says in verse 8 but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth and so now he tells them a little bit more about this promise. This promise of the Holy Spirit is so that you will have power. Do you see what's happening here? Jesus is delivering his vision. And his vision, oh, come on somebody. His vision for you is for you to have power. His vision for you is not for you to be a little whipped puppy always running around with your tail between your legs because the devil's been beating you up. You're supposed to have power. You're supposed to be an overcomer. You're supposed to be strong. You're supposed to be... You're not supposed to feel challenged. You're supposed to be the one that is, uh, that is overcoming the challenge, every challenge that comes to your life. That's His vision of you. That's His dream for you. That's what God... That's, that's what Jesus is he, He's telling the disciples. I want you to receive this Holy Spirit. And then right before He leaves, He said, because it's going to be power for you. That's His dream. That's His vision. Somebody needs to get that today. Because you've been living... <laughs> I didn't hear this until John said it this morning in the first service. Because some of you have been living with holes in your heart and in your life. And chest pains and, and, and fatigue. You've been living with that. And, and what in the world, what in the world is, is God's people living with holes in their heart for? With chest pains and fatigue? Because uh, Isaiah 40, 31 they that wait on the Lord will renew their strength, they shall mount on wings as eagles, they shall run not be weary, they shall, they shall walk and not faint. I mean, what in the world are you fatigued for? You are supposed to have a supernatural power that enables you, strengthens you, heals you, delivers you, uh, gives you wisdom. You're supposed to have you know what? It's time we quit living by our power. And we start living by super. This was God's. this was Jesus' vision. For you, for his church, is to live by his power. To live by his power. So, l- let me give you a little bit of a warning. In 1 Corinthians, and this, this is in that same time period, the 40 days between Jesus' resurrection from the dead and before he goes all the way back to the heaven, uh, here's what Paul writes. He says, I rece- what I received I passed on to you as of first importance. This is important. He said, you need to get all this. Jesus Christ, he died for our sins according to scriptures. He was buried. Then he raised on the third day according to the scriptures. of All those prophecies and promises. And then he appeared to Peter and then to the 12. You want to count them up? Of course, Peter's one of the 12, so that's not 13, all right? But Peter and then the 12. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time. Most of them are still alive, even though some have fallen asleep or passed away. They've died. Though he, and then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Count them up. Over 500 people, I meant 500 there in that one situation, but then all these others, he appeared to over 500. Over 500 people saw the nail prints in his hand and knew that he was alive again. They saw the the spear print in his side and knew that he was alive again. Over 500 people saw this. But, here's the warning. But, Acts chapter 1, verse 15 says, in those days after Jesus had been ascended, in those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120. What happened to the other 380 plus that saw a resurrected Christ say, I am about to send a power into your life? What happened to the other 380 plus? Oh, I know, they probably had a dental appointment that afternoon, right? Or the kids had a ball game. I mean, we, we, we've got all kinds of excuses and reasons and things that keep. But what is there in your life? Or should we even ask, who is there in your life that stands between who you are right now and the awesome dream that God has for you? What is it? Because if you don't get it out of the way, you're going to miss out like 380 plus people. They saw the risen Christ, but they didn't have the power. They didn't hang on to get the power, the promise that was coming, what is it that 's going to keep you? what is it that's going to hold you back? What is it that is standing between you and that powerful promise today? put it out of, get it out of the way you know it, it, it's time you quit living. I, I remember hearing uh, this is an old name, Carmen. anybody know who Carmen is uh, seeing one one name, you know you know, kind of like you know Prince, you know Madonna, and you know uh, i you know i 'm not going to say her name I'm gonna leave her out of this, but you know. Carmen, I remember him saying, he said, man, I, this, this was for you young people, this, is, this was a singer back a few years ago, okay? And he said, he said, I had a friend of mine, and I asked him the other day, I said, how you doing? He said, I'm doing pretty good under the circumstances. He said, I asked him, what in the world are you doing under the circumstances? You're a child of God. You're supposed to be on top of your circumstances. And man, I heard somebody say in this week, they said, it seems like like every time something good happens, something bad happens. Well, you know what? Your problem is not that you've got good and bad happening in your life, but you're living according to the situations. And you're happy based on, you know, your joy is based on whether things are going right. And then when something goes wrong, man, you lose it all. You need to start basing your life and your, your joy and your happiness not on whether everything's going right or wrong, but you need to start basing that on, on God and His power and His ability in you to do anything that you have need of. So uh, there's a, a book called Good to Great. I don't know if any of you have it. The very first line of it, I mean, there's a sermon in the first line, that good is the enemy of great. You know, I think that is the number one cause of people not receiving the dream of God in their life, especially for Christians, is that we kind of think life's good enough. My marriage is good enough. My friends, they're good enough, you know. My job is good enough. No, it ain't. I, you know, if your job were good enough, you wouldn't, you wouldn't all the time be having to do something else. If your marriage was good enough, you wouldn't have a fight every other week. If your friends were good enough, you wouldn't be climbing your way back out of depression constantly over and over and over. Your life is not good enough. Good is the enemy of great. You'll never have great as long as you're satisfied with good. Jesus Christ didn't die so your life could be good. He died so that you could have life and life more abundantly. But you see, life that is good enough is the enemy of life that is more abundant. Because as long as you're okay with life, you're never going to reach for the abundant. He died so you could have abundant. He died so you could have great. So I dare somebody today. I dare you. And listen, I prayed for you this week because I, I knew what this sermon was. You know, I didn't, I didn't get this sermon together this morning. I knew what this sermon was going to be for, for a while. I've been working on this. I've been working on this sermon series for about three months. I knew what this sermon was going to be, and I've been praying for you. I've been praying God because I know where some of you are, and you're settling. You're settling for okay. You're settling for good. I've been praying for you, and I dare you to join me and let's start dreaming God-sized dreams. Start believing. God sized miracles into your life. Start, start anticipating and praying for. Oh my goodness. I just my spirit just gets quick. And I look into your face and, and I want to just stop and I want to call, I want to call some of y'all and say, come stand right here and let me tell you something. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at you and I'm saying, I know what you're gonna you're gonna walk out the door and you're still gonna you're still gonna be okay with good enough. I, I say it because you did this, you did this the last time I preached on something very close to this. And it it challenged you for a moment, but as soon as you got it out the door, you didn't have to deal with it anymore, and life is good enough. I dare you, I dare somebody start dreaming God-sized dreams. So let's look at where it begins. (laughs) It begins, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came. Ooh, Pentecost. Ooh, we're going to get weird now, ain't we? Oh, that Pentecost stuff. I almost said you can't get too weird for me, cause I grew up in it. But let me tell you, yeah, you can get too weird for me. Okay, but I'm gonna tell you. Let me, let me tell you this: there are two subjects that are the hardest for me to preach on, as I struggle with. One of them is money, because everybody thinks that's all preachers want money. You know, oh, I preach, all he wants is money, and you know, and and I know I have to preach on because you need you need to start living by God's standards for giving. If you want to be blessed. So I know I have to preach on it, but I'm, you know, I'm worried that if I do, you're going to say, oh yeah, he's just trying to make sure that his salary gets paid. Well, you don't have to worry about that because my father told me that he owns the cattle of a thousand hills and he can handle it. Okay. Amen. So, okay. So you don't have to worry about that one. Amen. But the other one is the Holy Spirit or Pentecost, as we've come to call it, because, the, the, and Pentecost doesn't mean this bad. It, actually, this was a Jewish festival, and so it just kind of got to be named the same thing because it happened on this day of this festival. But it's, it's hard, but you know why? <laughs> it's because we got all these weirdos over here with Pentecost, you know, and all the power and all the stuff going on, all the weird, and then we got all the, the dead Christians over here don't want any part of any of it. Oh my goodness, I might preach here a while, I didn't get any amens. <laughs> About any one of those. And somewhere in the middle is God's will. Somewhere in the middle is, is all of this. And that's why it's a, diff, it's a struggle because you know, it's almost like I need to split this thing up. Say, okay, all of you that maybe had a little bit of taste of this in your life, y'all come to one service, everybody that kind of had this, y'all come to... And so, you know, It's really tough. Sometimes to deal with both but I'm going to do my best. Y'all pray for me that I get through this and I do, my best, uh, do, do the best we can with this because I want you to see. It's not that, it's not that, it's this. Let's look at the simplicity of what it is because it's, it's not that hard. It's not that difficult. Okay, so when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a, sa- suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Wait a minute, did we just hear something about wind or a little bit, a few months ago, John chapter 20? Jesus, and now, hurricane blows through the place. You know what Jesus was doing? He was giving them a little taste, a little seed of, here's the beginning of it, but look for something even greater. And, 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 and here's the thing that you and I need to take away from this, is because like the disciples, man, it was awesome hanging around Jesus. And Jesus said, yeah, this is good, but something even more awesome than this is coming. And, and, and what we need to take from this is, is that a lot of times, man, even our spiritual life is good enough that we don't go after great, and so we, you know, we, we say, "Oh man, it was good to be in God's house today, and wasn't it wonderful?" And we don't feel God the rest of the week. We don't go after Him. We don't chase Him. We don't seek anything else. It's, it's like we live in, under our circumstances, like Carmen's friend was, and all that, and dealing with all that, all those issues and everything, and we don't understand that He is saying, "Hey, this is a little t- what 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 you are feeling right now because I have saved you from your sins is just the beginning." But let, let me bring the full, the full abundance of my power into your life and, and see that there are more awesome things that can happen in your life. And so this hurricane shows up. And when it does, they also saw saw what it seemed to be uh, tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues, and the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in in bewilderment, because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking in all these different languages Galileans? then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus in Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongue. What an amazing, an amazing thing to happen. They heard, and, and, and boy, there's something here that I don't really have time to preach, but They heard them declaring, and it wasn't just noise. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongue. There was purpose in it. Purpose. There was a purpose. But now let me tell you, let me tell you, I guess in a way I got to kind of tell you, I kind of got to get you away from here, away from here, got to get you back here. So let me tell you some of the things it's not. We're not talking about tongues today. Okay, I, I know in, the, in those verses right there, Yeah, it was, but they spoke with other tongues. We're not talking about tongues. We're talking about power. You see, Jesus didn't say, I want you to speak in tongues. He didn't say, my dream for you is that one day you speak in tongues. That ain't what he said. Come on, very simply, he said, I want you to have power. I don't. I don't. I don't want just. I want you to have power. And you see, here's and I grew up in Pentecost, okay, and so I've seen it all my life. And let me tell you something. Let me say this. Try to say this by direction of God, not by permission. But let me tell you. You know, if it speaks in tongues on a Sunday morning, but it ain't got enough power to walk in the path of God all week long, it ain't God. We're not talking about tongues here. We're talking about power. Power to walk the way that God has called you to walk. Power to trust that even when the world says no, he still, he still says yes. That even when the report comes back negative, like for Zach this past week, that he still is able to heal. That's what Jesus says. I dream that you will walk in power and ability. And we're also, let me tell you, we're also not talking about weird. Okay? And let me tell you something about weird. Everybody likes weird. I know you say, well, I don't like, yeah, you do. When something different happens, you got to see it. I mean, set a building on fire. What do people do? If I got to run, see it. Train wreck. I told Bradley the other day, we've been recording all the bowl games, you know, and trying to fast forward watching them as we could. And and I know he missed a bunch of them. I told him one, I said, no, you don't need to watch this one unless you're a fan of this team that blew the other team away. Or if you just like to see a train wreck. Cause this one was a train wreck for one of those teams. Y'all just have to guess. You guys just have to guess which one of it was. Okay, but I mean, one of one of the teams was just a train wreck. They were supposed to win. They got blown away, and it was a train. Wreck. I was like, you don't even need to watch this game unless you. Just... You know what? We like train wrecks. Come on, somebody! I mean, you know, why did you? You know, when I was a teenager, you know, why I went to the races on Friday night at what we used to call BIR, Birmingham International Raceway. You know, it wasn't really international race. we used to call it. You know what? I just like the wrecks. I mean, you know, hey, if nobody's going to lose a tire and no one's not going to see sparks going down or, or something, I mean, what was there to go for? I mean, you know, you know, I could turn on my rock music, you know, and hear loud noise or whatever. You know, uh, you know I, I didn't go so that drunks could spit up on me or anything. I mean, I went to see the wrecks. We liked, we we like weird. And if we're not careful, we equate God with weird. And if weird happens, we think, oh, that must be God. If different happens, oh, that must be God. Or if cool happens, oh, this is cool, I believe this is God. But let me tell you what I've had happen. I, I, I don't even know how many times this happened in my ministry. These people come to me and say, Pastor, you won't believe the word somebody just told me that God gave them to give to me. And they start telling me the word, and I'm saying, well, the problem with that is it doesn't line up with this scripture. And it contradicts this scripture. Yeah, but pastor, I just believe this because it just, I don't care what it feels like. I don't care how off the wall it was and out of nowhere it came from. If it's weird, because listen, God ain't confused. God's not going to say something 2,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago in His Bible, and today tell you something totally different. God's not confused. He doesn't have multiple personalities. If He tells you something today, it is going to line up with His Word. And His Word also says that every word should be confirmed by the mouth of two or three witnesses. So even weirdness needs to be confirmed. Let Let me tell you, I've experienced this. I had someone give me a word, and I let it get in me. And it bothered me for three years. And I don't mean like every day I was battling with it, but it would come up every once in a while. And I'm trying to do ministry, you know, and this would come up and it's like that little, oh, if you miss it here, it's kind of, it handcuffed me. There were times I could not do what I felt I needed to do because I had that word. And you know what? And there was no, there was no confirmation of it. There was, nobody had ever said it. God had never spoken this in my life. You know, I I can look back at it now and say, my good brother just blew it. Shouldn't have told me that, but he did, and I shouldn't have been bound by it by three, but I was. It should be confirmed in the mouth. Now, see, here's the thing, and I'm going to tell you about this in just a few moments. Is there one of the powers that comes from this promise is a discerning of spirits, an ability to discern? We got. Listen, I'm not. Sometimes God is weird. Come on, somebody. Sometimes God's weird. I won't give you all the examples I gave in the first service, but let me give you one. I mean, one time Jesus saw a blind man and he was going to heal him. You know what he did? He bent down and he spit in the dirt and he made some mud, you know, and he put it on the guy's eyes and said, go wash it out and you'll be healed. That's weird. Y'all think that's normal? Let's do it after church, okay? Anybody? That's weird. Sometimes God... you know why God's weird like that sometimes? Because, because you, you've got your own little box, and you try to get God inside that box, and so what you've done is you, you're only letting God work in a way that you already see, you already know, and you already understand. And so sometimes God gets weird so He can get you out of the box so you can see that He is bigger than anything you already know or you will ever know or understand or see. So sometimes there is weird. But when weird happens, we need to say, "Well, no, wait a minute, does that line up with Scripture? Has there been any con- Okay, so sometimes there is, but we're not talking about weird today. We're talking about being empowered. Being empowered. We're not, ta- we're not saying, hey, y'all need to start being weird. Some of you are already ahead of us, and I don't mean just spiritually, I mean out there in the world and everywhere. I mean, you know, I'm not saying you need to start being. No, let's make it simple here. God says, I want you to have power, and I've promised you power. That's all that it's about. It's, it's, uh, it's not a method. I've heard so many people say, well, you've got to do it this way. If you just, uh, where do you get that in Scripture? say, so, well, I saw it in that one verse of Scripture. But, 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 but look at the other times that it happened a different way in Scripture. Thank God He shows us so many times in Scripture. Doing things different ways so we know that He does not have a method. You know, you do this six ways, seven times, or whatever. Oh, yeah, like He told Joshua, you know, march around the city seven days. Yeah. Has He told anybody else to do that since? You know? No, you see, this is not a method because it's a relationship. You know, when there's a method, you don't need God. If God had given us a method, we wouldn't need him anymore. And I know a lot of churches, they got methods and they don't need God. Because if the, they sing the right song, whoo, God's gonna show up. If the pastor preaches from the right scripture, God's gonna show up. Or or they anoint people with oil, God's gonna show up. Problem with that? Is God wasn't in any of that? I mean, He's not in the song, or and and, and 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 yeah, maybe a song quickens something, and and maybe a song does. But if it's got to be that song, or it's got to be that scripture, it's got to be one of those things. All of a sudden, we begin to lean on the song instead of leaning on Him. We're leaning on the scripture instead of leaning on Him. It is not, Listen, God is not a computer program. He not, He isn't a do A B C D E. He doesn't want that. I mean, that's the way some of us are. God, just give me the list and I'll do it the rest of my life and we'll do everything. No, no, he doesn't want that. He wants you to show up every single day and relate to him in some way. He wants to talk to you every day. He wants you to listen to him every day. That's why you need to read your Bible every day. This is about relationship and that's why it is different for every single person. You know, I can tell you like when I get down or whatever and I just need a little, pick me up, I can tell you what I do. And it might help you, but somebody would come back and say, Pastor, I tried that. That didn't work for me. Exactly. Because there's not a method. This is a relationship. And it will be different for you than it is for anybody else. Don't be- if you don't believe me, ask me. I- I'll-, I'll give you all the examples you need after church. Uh, and finally, it is not so that we can sing Kumbaya. Now, I may have to explain that to some of y'all younger. I don't know. but that, That's a metaphor for just hanging around campfire. You know, you, it's kumbaya, my Lord. Kumbaya, you know, just enjoy. I, I, I said in the first service that maybe I should have put, it's not so we can just have our warm fuzzy because maybe all of us understand warm fuzzy better than kumbaya. But that's basically what it means. You know, if, if, the, disciples, if, if, if the disciples had just had it, their warm fuzzy, they'd still be in the upper room. Well, their descendants would be. And where would the church be? The church would still be in the upper room. Oh, they might have built something new. But, I mean, if they wouldn't have reached anybody else, this was not so they could have their warm fuzzy. This is not just so we can feel good about ourselves on Sunday. Whew, oh, this feels so good. And let me tell you, a lot of where, what I grew up in, that's all we did. We just felt good about ourselves on Sunday. But nobody was healed on Monday. No demons were cast out on Tuesday. No demons were even challenged on Tuesday. Because we forgot that This wasn't about tongues. This was about power. And nothing else was happening in our lives. It is about much more That Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20. It's on the screen behind me, I think. is the Great Commission. Go, disciple all the nations. Teach them everything I've taught you. This power is so you can get out there and live the life in front of them and, and disciple them into becoming disciples of Jesus Christ. Everything that He's commanded you. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that we've already read. What is this power for? He, he, says, he says, you're going to receive power from me, and man, you're going to get to speak in tongues. No. You're going to get power from me, and you're going to be witnesses in all the communities of this earth. And then we have the example. You know what happened after the Holy Spirit through that room? You know what happened? It says, Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd that had gathered in the streets. What is this power for? To impact the communities. To engage them and reach them. Oh, I don't know if I can do it. Exactly. You can't. So quit trying. And start believing that God's power is about to do something amazing through you. I, my goodness. I just, keep, I, I just keep getting quickened here. That there, that there are people, and I'm looking at your faces, and I can, call you, I can call some of your names right now is is that you need to accept this fact that you don't have to do it. You can't do it. And you don't have to even try. You just need to allow God to start doing it through you. You're dealing with... For example... The motive, uh, Romans chapter 12, we talk about motivational gifts around here. That's one of the things we teach in, in the growth track because we want to tell you who we are and how we work and those things. And part of that is the motivational gifts of Romans chapter 12. And if you've not been through the growth track, I want to see you this afternoon. Okay, you've had at least one month, because I made a point about this last month. I said, look, you need to go through this. And I've done that before, but I've done it. So you, you, you've had, I want to see you this afternoon at 4 o'clock. We've got somewhere to go. We've got some amazing things that God wants to do in 2013. We've got somewhere to go. God is up to something. And we all need to be on board. I really want to see. But one of the things we talk about is the motivational gifts. That's kind of like who we are. You know, like, uh, some of you are very organized. You like putting things on paper and organizing things. And some of you, you, you like working behind the scenes. You don't want anybody to know you did anything. You know, don't don't thank me publicly, Pastor. I just turn red-faced and everything, you know. Uh, and some of you, you're, the, you're, you're just full of mercy. And, you know, when somebody messes up and everybody's pointing their finger, you're the one that kind of just swoops in and saves the day and makes everybody makes that person feel good about themselves again. You know, we, uh, he talks about those motivational gifts, and he says, "I put them in my church because I want all of that covered." And man, it is. I mean, we've got all that covered in our church. I mean, because you've got, and 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 none of us have one, but we have a mix of those gifts. He did that on purpose so that everything is covered, everything is handled. But that's just the motivational gifts. That's who you are. First Corinthians chapter twelve, on the other hand, are the gifts of the Spirit. And that's who He is. See, the motivational gifts are your ability to be merciful, to organize, to teach, train, mentor. But the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 are His ability. It's time we quit living just based on our motivations and abilities within us and we start living based on His power. Because you know what He gives us? I ain't got time to preach all these. I'd like to, but I ain't got time. We actually have a sermon series on this, on the, on the podcast. You'll have to look back summer, a year and a half ago. But, but the uh, um, um, Life apps series is on those and breaks them down and talks about every one of them. But let me give them to you just real quick here. One of the, uh, the first one that he lists, and this is God's list, and this is his, in his order, wisdom. Words of wisdom. You ever get lost, don't know what you need to do? You ever feel like you're just wandering around in the dark? Yeah, I heard some of you say amen when somebody said something about that earlier, so don't, 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 don't back up on it now. You are, don't you? He says, I give gifts of wisdom, gifts of knowledge to know what you need to do next. Some of you need some, of you need some direction. You need some guidance. You need God to say, hey, here's the next step for you, or faith. Faith is, you know, when, when, when you doubt, when everything looks like it's going against you, and you say, well, there's no way that my husband is ever going to change. Faith to believe. That there is a power in me that is greater than any power that is in the world. Amen. Um, and uh, healing. Healing. You're sick in body? Like what Zach? Zach got a, Zach got a miracle of gift of healing this week. Uh, I'm sorry. I point there because that's where he sits in early service. He's not there right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> some of y'all looked over there like Zach. I'm sorry. That's, that's just where Zach sits in early service. So, or maybe some of those that came this morning. You're, you got a gift of healing just a few moments ago. Right, and you know what? It doesn't have to happen here. Because it's not method. Even though this is one of the things God says, hey, if you're sick in body, call for the elders of the church, let them anoint them with oil, and the prayer of faith will save or heal the sick. And if they've, also it says even if they've committed sin, it'll forgive their sin. So uh, there's not, it's not method, but it's like, hey, call for prayer. And you might have gotten or you might get a healing. Uh, miracles. And I like this. Did you know what God did? Is he said, in case yours isn't anywhere else on the list, let me just throw it out here miracles. (laughs) You know, whatever you need, I can work a miracle in your life. You know, when you get to the place that you don't have the answer, you don't know what to do, God says, here's the gift miracles. Anything that is there. Uh, 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 healings and miracles and prophecy words of prophecy kind of like words of wisdom and knowledge words of prophecy I, I believe that, and that doesn't mean like necessarily predicting the future kind of a thing it, it could be just really speaking the word of God which is similar to what wisdom and knowledge is and I think that's what God did with John when, when uh, God was speaking to him the Holy Spirit just quickened him and said hey said this is what is going on with all of my creation all of my people is that they are living with holes in their heart with chest pains and with fatigue because of this. That was, a, that was I believe that was a, it was a gift of a, of a word of wisdom, knowledge, or, or prophecy of something. God speaking that to us and, and giving us and understanding of that. And then there's discerning of spirits. And sometimes you ever have somebody you just kind of wonder about and you say, they, they, you know, they talk real good and they can quote a lot of scripture but just kind of discerning of spirits. Somebody come in, I don't know, we have, I have it a lot because of who I am. Pastor. I have people all the time ask me for money. You know, I, I have i get a, you know I get a prayer up real quick. Say God, give me that gift of discernment right now. What should I do here? You get people, and not necessarily just, just for that, but for anything, you need discerning of spirit so that you don't get handcuffed like I was for three years in ministry. You need that, uh, and then the tongues and the interpretation of tongues. And you see where they're listed, those two. You know what Paul said? Paul said, "I thank God that I talk with tongues more than any of y'all." But and this is a paraphrase. He said, "But." Don't forbid it. don't tell anybody they can't speak with tongues, but go after the better gifts. Because there's something more important. You know what's more important? What's more important than hearing five or ten of you speaking tongues on a Sunday morning? I'd rather have five or ten of you come in on the next Sunday morning with a testimony like Zach had. That pastor, my co-worker told me that they were, they were sick in body. And I said, well, let's pray. And I grabbed them by the hand. We prayed a few moments. And in a few moments, they said they were okay. And they, and, they were, and they were well before they went home. Or said, pastor, my, my, my co-worker said they're having problems with their marriage. And, and we prayed over that. And I, I kept praying and kept communicating with them. And this week, our pastor, so, so happened. And they started pulling everything back together. And, and pastor, hey, They're here in church with me today because of this. You know what? That's happened in this church. You know why it happened in this church? It happened because somebody said, I believe in a power that is greater than the power that is working against our marriages to hold our marriages together, save our marriages, and every other problem that we've got. You know what? It's time we quit living by our ability and started living by the power of God. Because you're His child. You're His child. And this is what God dreams for you. It is one of the most discouraging things, I think, in the world for a parent to look at their child and see all the lost opportunity. Everything you raised them for, for them to throw it away and not take advantage of it. And I wonder how often God looks at us, saved by the blood, name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, going to heaven one day, but constantly walking around defeated, falling in the same temptation and sin over and over and you know what this list right here means? This list right here means you don't have to fall into that temptation anymore. You have power. You don't have to wander around aimlessly in the dark. You have wisdom and knowledge at your disposal. You don't have to, have to accept what the doctors say about your situation. Like Zach, you have healing. And whatever your miracle is, every single thing you need is right here. It's there. And you have the promise to live by it. Stand. we like to close with a final song and prayer at the front. If you will, would you join us? If you're a first-time attender, I promise you, we don't do weird down here. You can come join us. We just want to close in prayer and a final song. I have one last scripture I want to read to you. Press on in. Let's make sure we get everybody out of the aisle. Good crowd this morning. I'm glad several of our second service people showed up at the first service. It got cold in here, didn't it? got cold while I was preaching, didn't it? I ain't going to fuss though because I'd rather be cold than hot, but, uh, but that's because I'm preaching. <laughs> I'm pushing. Amen. I see some of you warming up. we we'll just go ahead and warm up in spirit too. Let me read, let me read you an example, okay? I could, I could have gotten many examples for you in the book of Acts. Okay, but let me read you one. Acts chapter 3, uh, verse 2. Now man crippled from birth, hmm, reminds me of Zach, holding his heart from birth, was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple, he asked them for money. Pardon me. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his attention. He was expecting to get some money from them. And then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. John and Peter in that story should be me and you. That's, we're living this same day. Nothing has changed about God's ability or his promise for power. And I, and I had this thought just as a, one example, just throw this one at you. Just, you need to relate it to your own life. We have several nurses in our church, several people working in the medical profession. And you know what? Sometimes, sometimes you call the doctor, you go to the doctor or the nurse, or you ask somebody and they say, look, we, we don't have anything we can do really for you in this. You just kind of got to get through it. Just grin and bear Anybody ever been told grin and Barrett by a medical professional? I meant, yeah, you can grin and barrett, Cold, I mean, they can't cure a cold. They just kind of make you feel a little bit better, but they can't cure a cold. So wouldn't it be awesome for every nurse of Church 29, now relate this to your own job too, or wherever you find yourself throughout the week. Wouldn't it be awesome for every nurse and medical professional, Church 2911, that they took this example, and the next time they were ministering, nursing, or caring for somebody that there was no medicine or nothing they could do right now or whatever, that they could just say, medicine and cures, I have none. But I got something better for you. Let me pray for you right now. And you don't have to make a spectacle. You don't have to be weird. Just pray. Pray you know next time, you know some some of our some of our nurses work with with the little kids, the little babies you can't even talk to them anyway. Man just walk by the crib, just lay your hands on it, say in the name of Jesus, heal this little baby. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Isn't it time you stopped trying to live and fight in your own power and you started fighting through his power. I'm not Jesus. Don't plan, don't, 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 don't plan to tell you that I am or try to get in his at all. But I want to do what he did. I want you to receive the power. I want you to receive the power. I want you to start living by real power. I'm tired. Listen, I'm not saying don't call me anymore. But I'm tired of hearing you call me. And you be under the circumstances. I'm ready for some testimonies. I'm tired of hearing how bad the devil's been to you this week. I'm ready to hear how good God has been in delivering you over that. Amen. Amen. Bow with me. Close your eyes. Bow with me right now. I want to pray that prayer for you. Jamie, sing when you can. Mm.